0: world schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. My name is Robin Robertson, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. I'm a homeschooling, unschooling parent to two kids, and the four of us, my husband myself and our kids have been on this journey for right now it's it's oh it's 2021 the end of 2021 it's been 9 years in counting and every year every day we take it as it comes and it looks different every year as well so i'm really excited to have you here on this journey i'm i'm always excited to be able to support to answer any questions that you have, inspire you, and share the stories of other families that have found their journey to be unique to themselves. And on this podcast, it's about our learning lives outside of the walls of the classroom, uh, maybe, and how we do things differently outside of the walls of the classroom. So, and it's here to support, provide community, and, and to inspire you as well. So there's a few things actually I wanted to share. Thank you for leaving reviews; that always helps a podcast. You can go to iTunes and leave a re- leave a review. It's truly appreciated, and uh, helps the podcast to be seen. If you're looking for further support and also want to continue supporting the podcast. I have my Patreon community to go to patreon.com slash honey homeschooling the kids, which I also have a link in the show notes. So you can just click on there as well. Um, that's where you'll find things like um, we do a live Q&A every month. November was a live Q&A with my son um, answering questions about being a self-directed learner. Uh, The questions that are come in that I focus on for the live Q&A, as well if I'm doing our Unschooling Divas, which will start again in the new year. Um, One of us was away (laughs) for a little bit. Judy was away. So we will be be starting the Unschooling Divas Q&A as well. Those are on here. Clubhouse recordings that don't always make it onto the podcast or any of our Clubhouse recordings are shared on here as well. You have access to that. And um, I'll be sharing other recordings, too, that I do that maybe, you know, maybe they don't make their way onto the podcast, but I want you to hear them and let me know, give me feedback if they should. And it's also your direct line to me as well. So you can go to patreon.com slash honey homeschooling the kids. We will be hosting another How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit in March. So the last one was such a success. It was so informative. We loved it. It was a totally different format because we did it on Clubhouse. We're going to do it again, but in March this time instead of end of the summer. So just stay tuned to hear about our keynotes. You can actually go to howtobeanawesomehomeschooler.com to find out more information and to register for the summit as well. We will be doing a few different things. So if you want to get in on that uh, and... Um, Be part of those extras and freebies and things like that that we're offering to go to the website and register. And coming into January, we're hosting another masterclass, a small group personal masterclass meeting personally with me four times in a month. Uh, as well as communication throughout the week as well. And we will be exploring how we can build our foundations for homeschooling with purpose, uh, getting clear on our values and guiding purpose, going through some of that sticky de-schooling process and those buttons that are just, you're finding it a bit difficult to work through, as well as looking at our environment and learning resources as well and seeing what we can create from what's around us, the life around us as well, Uh, instead of having to go and, buy a big new curriculum so this episode is a recording from clubhouse and it's from our room in our club, Honey, I'm Homeschooling, but it was an Unschooling Moms panel that I hosted looking back over the years. And I wanted to have some moms, feature some moms that have been in the game, that are homeschool veterans, that have kids that are adults or, or late teens, to hear their perspectives and ideas and to answer questions. So the the fantastic thing was there was so much experience and knowledge on this panel we just didn't have enough time for everybody and to answer all the questions, so I will have them back, but this is your chance to check out this part one, and we will be hosting maybe a series, part two, three, four, um, if, if that's what, how you want to do that. So we have Sue Patterson from Unschooling Mom to Mom, Missy Willis from Let Him Go Barefoot, Karima Akila from the Genius School, Tyra Hunter, who is a regular co-host with me, and I, you know, I talk about her a lot, and her daughter Zoe, who is a wonderful artist, and Stacy Piercy from Galileo XP. So, Stacy, Missy, Sue, and Karima have all been on my podcast before. If you haven't heard their episodes, I recommend you check them out. Stacy is talking about unschooling and entrepreneurship. Sue Patterson is like the coach. I, I when I have questions about unschooling, I would go to her site. I would go to her Facebook group. Um, she's you know she's. She's been doing it. She's got, she's a grandmother now. She All her kids are grown and unschooled. Um, Missy Willis, the same. Her oldest is, I think, about 19 now. Her Let Him Go Barefoot is a fantastic resource. Uh, she is a former educator uh, and she has such great experience and perspective as well. And Karima Akila of the Genius School democratic decentralized she wanted to provide a place of access for those that maybe can't do it on their own um, and to have a further community around them so that's why she sent she created the genius school and she definitely speaks to uh, either underserved communities or communities or you know black indigenous people of color um, neurodiverse she always says i see you (laughs) i'm here for you as well so it's a great panel and we tackled some great questions as well and shared some different experience so enjoy this episode that's what it's all about and visit us on clubhouse join part two three and four as well just watch for our weekly rooms which i usually post on social media take care so i'm just getting my headphones untangled and i'll plug them in and we might as well since it's four let's get started i thought What we can do is we can introduce ourselves first, and um, as everyone is coming in, I think it'll probably be easiest, Tyra, if you want to go first. And what we can do is we can introduce ourselves, we can say how long we've been unschooling, or we, some of us are, you know, complete, we're done unschooling, and. yeah, maybe we'll go from there because I know probably our stories of what led us into unschooling might take a little bit longer. So I thought we could do that by introduction. Then we, then after that, we can go into a little bit of why we began to unschool. I know there's questions, so I also want to leave time for questions uh, after as well. But first, I would like us all to share a little bit. So while we wait for Stacey to come in, why don't we do that? Everyone, you're joining us Here in the Honey, I'm Homeschooling Club, we meet every Tuesday afternoon at this time, four o'clock Mountain Time. We also have rooms on Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm just going to say the Mountain Time right now is just going to be the quickest and easiest. 1 p.m. Mountain Time in North America. Allison Towner runs a Thursday room, and that's elementary age and younger. On Saturday mornings, Liana Francisco and I co-host a room together. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Mountain Time and Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, Liana Francisco and Kelly Edwards host a room together. The rooms are always themed on homeschooling, unschooling, self-directed learning, and all of those themes and topics that support us as parents, families, and our children in this journey of learning outside of the classroom walls. Sometimes, yeah, well, a lot of us, you know, we might have educators in our family or that are homeschoolers on schools that share their journey as well. Uh, small schools, micro schools, really, though it's looking at learning and living a learning life that supports our family uniquely so that can look so different depending who we are where we are or for each one of us that's here so that's what we're here to do and answer questions and provide encouragement so if you don't already follow the club that little greenhouse at the top tap that follow the club and join the club and you'll be notified of any of the rooms or even the special summits that we do as well so I'm Robin Robertson. I'm the creator and host of the podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. Welcome to the club. I'm going to pass it to Tyra and then to Karima, then Missy and Sue and Stacey for everyone to introduce themselves and then to share how many kids you have and how long they've unschooled for or you've unschooled for.
1: Thank you, Robin. Um, I'm Tyra. I My homeschool journey started about eight and a half years ago and almost six years ago was when we began our unschooling journey as well as game schooling journey Um, and I just have one child that has many interests so it's like having six (laughs) and I just want to say thank you Robin for um, letting me come up here and um, it it is really special tonight because Karima and Sue are two moms that I followed before they even knew me (laughs) So it's really good to be on the stage of with women that have instead inspired me uh, to to unschool. So thank you.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm going to try and say it real fast before the dog starts to bark. <laughs> My name is Karima Akila. I am the mama to the half dozen. I have four boys and two girls. I have been um, mm, homeschooling, I'll say, maybe from the beginning. My oldest is almost 23. I've been, what's that, 18, 17 years, if you don't count preschool, something like that. I've been unschooling, I'll say, for the past 10. And uh, Robin, it is always a good time um, to hang out with you and Tyra and the rest of these mamas on here. Um, This is going to be fun. So thank you again for inviting me to share.
0: Missy, I'm going to, I guess I can, I, I'm, yeah, nine years and counting. I think we, in total, we've been unschooling since my son was probably around I think I I usually say the time was grade three that was the last of when we actually followed something a little bit a little bit structured we were pretty loose by then but when when he was finally the one that was questioning why do we have to follow this curriculum like why can't I just learn what I want to learn since I'm already doing that why do we have to check these boxes and I no longer had a good answer for him so um Yeah. So I guess unschooling for about six years or so. Oh, did we lose Missy? Nope. Missy's. we lost Karima for a second. She's back. Okay. Um, So that
3: two kids, uh, 15 and 12 now. Missy, I'll pass it. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much, Robin, for coordinating this and letting us get together because I feel the same as um, Tyra was saying about everybody that we've been following for a while and to see everybody in the same room. That's super fun. Um, So I have two kids. My oldest is 19 and my youngest is 14. And we have been unschooling since about, he was probably around age six. So that's been about 13 years. And he officially graduated from our homeschool this past summer. Um, And uh, I have said before on Robin's podcast that, you know, he, he led us to unschooling because the same sort of situation where he was sort of like, why, why are these rules? What, what are these rules that you're imposing on me? And I come from a school background. So I had helped write curriculum for a private school. So I had a long, long list of things that, you know, children were supposed to be doing by certain ages. And um, he quickly let me know that that was a dumb, dumb thing. (laughs) Um, And so my daughter has been unschooling pretty much from the beginning because of her, her brother. He, he, he paved the way for her
4: Okay. Yeah, I will pass it to Sue and then Okay. Hi everybody. This is exciting. I haven't been back in Clubhouse since May. I know. So, <laughs> you invited me to do this. We just kind of fell off the the plan, I guess. Um I'm Sue Patterson and I run unschooling mom to mom. So I have a, a Clubhouse room club too. Um, and a bunch of other little things for Unschooling Mom to Mama podcast and a, and a website and a membership group and things like that. My kids, though, um, we started unschooling in 1996. So, what is that, 25 years ago? And so they are 32, 30, and 27. And I have a six-year-old grandson. And, um, you know, I did not come into this thinking, oh, gosh, I can't wait to homeschool when I have children. (laughs) I wasn't. I was just a regular suburban mom that was just putting my kids in preschool and school and all the stuff until it just didn't fit. And then I thought, oh, I can do this. This is just second grade. Let's pull them out and let's try it. And before long, I was looking at curriculum because that's all that was around but it wasn't how I envisioned it and then when we moved and I ran into unschoolers I'm like ah this this is what I really want to do and it's certainly what the kids want to do and and then we were on our way and so I mean it was years of okay is this right (laughs) um you know self-doubt all that stuff it's just everybody has it and then um but we just kept peeling away, layer after layer of do we have to, do we have to, and um, and they, you know, they're happy with how their childhood went, they're happy with how their teen years went. They have regular, you know, if you were to see them on the street, there's not some big bold letters on them that says, oh, look, that kid was homeschooled. That adult was homeschooled. Nobody cares how old they were when they learned to read. Nobody cares about all those things that everybody is always freaking out about. And, um, and so they are really happy with how it went. And they went to college, or they went to a trade school. They own homes. They have families. They got married. They all the regular stuff. So I'm happy to be here. Let's share anything that anybody wants to know.
5: Hi everyone. My name is Stacy. Um, I've been homeschooling. Now I guess it has actually been unschooling since, uh, geez, I don't know, 2007, maybe. Well, I have an 18 year old, a 16 year old, and a 14 year old. And my oldest uh, went to a really immersive charter arts program. So it was the least schoolie you could pick. And he still hit April and kindergarten half days and was throwing himself on the floor or in the parking lot going, I don't want to go back to school. So I had two babes in arms at the time and suggested it to my husband. And he's the one who came up with the idea of unschooling, not me. He handed me Blake Bowles College Without High School because, of course, that's the first panic attack you have when you consider homeschooling. Oh, my gosh, how will they get to college? And uh, from there was John Taylor Gatto's dumbing us down. And that was it. I was I was sold. I was sold on unschooling from that moment forward. And we haven't looked back. Our kids have gone through some different versions of schooling based upon their own interests and passions. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever picked up a curriculum and handed it to them. So that's uh, that's my journey.
0: Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited. I'll just let everybody know. I have a whole lot of excited, nervous energy right now. I guess not nervous, but excited energy for this panel. Um, I always, even with the podcast, I still come in as a student of life, as a learner and every time, whether it's recording my podcast episodes, these clubhouse rooms, I always walk out with something new, like some refreshment of my soul, something new that I've learned, that I've learned from someone else, uh, some bit of reflection that I can take and learn from myself or make it my own. And um, yeah, I I know today will be the same way as well. So I thought what we can do is, I, I have a few questions. People have sent in questions too. We will open it up after, but I also want to provide a little bit of space for everyone on the stage um, to just to dialogue for a bit first. Uh, There are questions, of course, that people would like us to address on de-schooling, on strewing is another one as well. uh, of course, you know, as they get older, college and university, just like you guys had said, that is one that always comes up as well. But I think maybe let's start with um, let's start with the good in that way. So, I would love to hear from each of you what are some things that became gifts for you through unschooling that was completely unexpected? That you didn't know you were going to receive, that your kids would receive, um, either because you had no idea what the unschooling world opened up to, or it just was an unexpected byproduct that became something that was a true gift for your family. So that's my first question to all of you here. Um, and I mean, you guys can just if someone's ready to share, go right ahead. If not, we can we can go in order. I know tyra's Tyra's the first on the stage if you want to begin that way, but that's the first question. I'll let you ponder, and then uh, whoever would like to start, Tyra, if you want to start, and then anyone can. Uh,
1: I can start if that's okay with everybody. We can just go. Sounds good. Well, mine was what what I never expected. Well, like, you know, I didn't set out to be an unschooler. To ever unschool, I didn't set out to homeschool, but um, once I did unschool, once I finally transitioned into unschool, it um it opened up my mind. My mind changes. The my mind, the mindset that I had has changed and has changed forever. Um, that was unexpected. I didn't expect for myself to be so I don't know relaxed. I guess to the point where I was like, well, Zoe will be okay. (laughs) You know, my daughter, you can look up the, the word unschooling dictionary. There's her face. She was meant for it. Me, I was not. And I'm, you know, I just wasn't. And the fact that I went from how I used to be to now is the biggest shock, (laughs) you know, but it's a good shock. I'm glad I'm the way I am. I'm, You know, my relationship with my daughter got better, uh, closer. I learned more about her. Um, It's just, you know, she considers me her best friend, even though we fight like sisters, though. But, you know, it's just my mindset and the way I am now, how I am with other people um, with as far as when they ask me, you know, about Zoe and my journey, and how I am, and how I'm more, you know, accepting, and I don't know, it's just been such a a life-changing thing, Robin. It was, you know, such a life-changing thing for me, my husband, and Zoe. You know, I, you know, I'm sure if Zoe was here, she would thank Sue and Karima for opening up my mind and actually seeing somebody else be an unschooler, and for me to actually want to try that and do it. Zoe would say thank you to them because if not for me following certain women, like I probably would have followed you, Robin, if I knew you back then. I was open-minded enough to let my daughter, you know, be free to be herself. And so the when my, my mindset change was the biggest factor on how successful we were um on this journey so that's a good.
0: so i got out of that open-minded connected and free and i guess your mindset with the big thing would be allowing zoe and you to be free to be yourselves that's you know that's a big thing that i got out of it i um what I actually shared up top, what you'll find in the shared link, is Zoe's. I tried to share her Instagram at first, but this is her webtoon. Zoe is an artist. Uh, she's a commissioned artist, and this is one of her, this is her comic, one of her comics that she's on right now. Tyra, is that right? One of the comics that she's creating? Yes, so, all... Okay, so. Robin, how do
4: we see what you're sharing?
0: So. At the very top of the room, underneath the title of this room, there should be a shared link, and it's at the top. If you don't see it, and this is my problem before, you just have to update your app. Your app might not be updated. Okay, that's great. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll share I'll share everyone's links too throughout this. So if anyone would like to, you know, as everyone's speaking, I'll try and share everyone's links so you can go to the links while you listen to each person too. Or anything like, for example, Blake Bowles. Stacy talked about Blake Bowles' book. John Taylor Gatto. I'll try and share those links as well. So, all right. So, Missy, how about you? What was one of your biggest gifts, either expected or unexpected, from homeschooling or from? Und-
2: Hello, everyone. Um, First, let me acknowledge that I'm driving. I'm driving my two sons. And so if you hear some car noise, that's what's going on. Um, I Four things, and I'll do my best to share concisely. First of all, I did not expect that I could trust my children that was a surprise. I knew that that was missing for us. Um, When I made the decision to unschool, some of you have heard the story before, I started out with classical mornings and delight-driven afternoons. Because I said, if I give them the whole day to do what they want to do, then they're not going to do what I think that they need to do. So we can have freedom in the afternoon. I didn't Realized that I could actually trust my children to be curious. I didn't realize that, so that was the first surprising thing. Secondly, was their curiosity. And while I have my two middle boys in the car, I want to take this moment for them to hear the difference that their curiosity and following their passions made for me. Um, both of them are love science, but the opposite sides of science. One is more agricultural, while the other one is more technology but watching them blossom into the young men that they are simply by doing something that they love to do and watching all of the possibilities and all of the opportunities that were afforded to them because they got to do what they love to do. That, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Thirdly, people say to me all the time, well, if you let them do what they wanna do, how will they know, how will you know what they're supposed to know? And I didn't really understand the power of that question. And the power of that question is in the question. When you allow someone to do what they love to do, then you do figure out who they are. And then it becomes crystal clear what it is that they should know. So, you know, my son Zion, who is 18, has always loved bugs and and animals and plants. And his interest got him a full-time job at a farm. My son, Zori, who was 16, has always loved building things. And so he has taught himself programming and coding and that got him a job teaching other kids coding. He's interested in pursuing um, engineering. And so I didn't expect that that question would be so powerful. And then finally, and this one, I did not see this one in at all. I did not see the power of self-directed learning and what it would make available for other families. It was a, after my husband passed away, I began a business of consulting and helping other families do this. And it was a single mom. Now, I'm a newly single mom at that time. This was a single mom who had been in the game for a minute. And when she heard what self-directed learning was, that her son could do something that would light him up on the inside, she began to cry. I didn't expect that. And she said to me through her tears, this would save my son, but I'm a single mom. I got to go to work. Don't you want to start a school? And my first initial response was, hells no, I don't want to start no school, uh-huh. <laughs> but I did not expect. <laughs> look, one thing you gonna know from me, I'm gonna keep it real, all the, look, yes, I ain't got time for, for anything but, okay, all right. But I did not expect that other people would be moved to that degree. And as I host the Genius Conversation, because I I did what she said, and I'm in the process of doing that, creating these network of schools around the world, I had no idea that people would meet with me and literally cry when they heard what's possible for their children. So those are the four things, trusting my kids, the power of curiosity, um, how will they know, what they need to know, and then the impact that this has on other people around the world.
0: I love it. And that's that's why I love you, Kareem, because I know you always keep it real. And I would love right now to see this as a one time I would love to see video to see the look on your boy's face at this moment. Although I
2: know oh, <laughs> they might be asleep, though, so I don't even know if they heard it. Okay.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Karima, let us all know that she's in drive right now because they are getting their license. So this is a big day, <laughs> and uh, they're they're on their way. So. I'm excited. It's a, the next chapter, the next chapter of their life. I, I don't know if everyone you're taking notes. This is being recorded. I will be sharing this on our Patreon community first off, and then hopefully we'll get on to the podcast as well. But first, it will be shared within their Patreon community, um honey. I'm homeschooling the kids. I am sharing everyone's links up top, so as we go through, I'll try my best to keep up with that. I might have to send it over to you, Tyra, if I get a bit behind on that so I can do the back-end part, but uh, we're here today on our Unschooling Moms panel. I'm going to pass it on to Missy here.
3: Well, I can say I agree with everything that was said, and just it was cracking me up, and just hearing you share your stories. I can see our story in each of yours. Um, but what really, really sticks out for me has been the ability for my children to um, be so aware of themselves. And as a former teacher and somebody who worked in the schools for quite a few years before they were born, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of children very detached from who they are. And sometimes the system does that. It uh, makes you sort of um quiet who what your inner self is saying in order to meet the goals and the and and to fit into the rules and the structure of the system so it's not geared towards the individual it's geared towards the group and so with my children I saw that they really learned to honor themselves at a very early age and as far as that when I was mentioning earlier about our unschooling journey and my son kind of leading us to it it was a mixture of our relationship first was kind of my motto from the beginning when I was learning about being a mom and, and trusting him and um, trusting myself and my inner knowing. Um, and so when I saw the pushback from him early on when I was trying to do my you know my my schooly teachy sort of side of things, I, I realized you know it was relationship first, and that has been the biggest. Um, motivation, I guess, uh, for us to continue on this path is how I've seen our children, my children grow and become who they really want to be. And, you know, if they decide that they're done with something, they have the option to do that. If they decide they're ready to switch gears and try something new, they're able to do that. And um, for me, probably what I have had to learn how to do more than anything is to step back. Um, I think, you know, parenting is overwhelming, especially, when you come into it with the idea that you're the top dog, you know, you're the mom, you, 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 get the final say. And, um, when that, when you're living in harmony or trying to live in harmony with the people in your family and your life, and you realize that things are out of whack, then you have to take a moment to look inside yourself and figure out where that's coming from. And so there were multiple times early on when I felt like I was not being I was not honoring us in our relationship. And so I had to do a lot of self-reflection and realize that my role is to create an environment that my children want to flourish in and not one that they're just looking forward to getting away from. And in doing that, we, you know we have a very open relationship. We talk about pretty much anything is on the table. Um, and I'm honest, as honest as I can be with them about, everything. I mean, just anything you can imagine. (laughs) We, we talk about it and we're open. And of course I take into consideration their personalities and, um, you know, where they are developmentally. So it's not like we are just a complete open book about everything. I, you know, try to be mindful of that. But, um, so I would say really it's about the fact that my children know themselves deeply. They have such self-discipline. It's not something I had to come up with. My son, like I said, he's 19. Um, and he is so, and when he was probably about 12 or so, maybe 11, there was one day where he slept until like two o'clock in the afternoon. And my husband and I were like, is he okay? We're going to go check. We we'd kind of been poking and looking. And finally, my husband went up to him and was like, Hey buddy, you know, are you ready, ready to get up? And he was like, well, yeah, what time is it? And he told him it was two and he was so upset. He was like, are you kidding? I have slept my day away. This is horrible. And so from that point forward, he set his alarm. Now. This child never had to set his alarm for anything unless we were like going, going on a trip or something. But he realized like that was super important to him to get up early and kind of get his day going. Um, and so and now he works out and he's a runner and he's in soccer. And he's very sport very, very focused on, um, health and taking care of himself. And that might even turn into something he'll do one day, sort of like a personal trainer type stuff. We're not, you know, nothing set in stone, but it's something he's playing around with as well. It's like a side thing to, um, doing, uh, computer, um, game simulation and development. Um, so self-discipline, self-awareness, and then me letting go of this idea that I needed to be the main person, as far as like who to direct their lives, if that makes sense. Um, Of course, I'm there for them all the time and feel like my role is to support and to guide and to take care of them and nurture them. But it's not there to tell them everything to do or not to do. So I could probably go on and on, but I'm not going to do that. So, (laughs) um, yeah, those, those are the big ones for me
2: ok,
0: thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, i'm I'm writing notes, and I'm writing keywords down as everyone shares as well. And yeah, the, absolutely that the, you know, the curiosity, the allowing our children to be themselves, to do what they love to do, the connection, the freedom, the openness, honor honoring themselves as well, and the power mm-hmm. of not only supporting, our children and our family and ourselves, but those around us in community as well, too. So there's some great, I love this, some great points. Okay, so thank let's, you. thank you, Missy, thank you. So let's go to Sue and then to Stacy. So Sue, what have been some of the biggest gifts that were either expected or unexpected that you have found through? Uns- I
4: think my my most unexpected I don't know whether it's just because I didn't like look down the road and think about, well, this is obviously going to happen, but flexibility, having the flexibility to have so much fun. (laughs) I mean, we got to go on so many adventures and our calendar was our own. We didn't have to check in and squeeze it in between something else that somebody said we had to do, whether it was a school or a curriculum company that said we had to finish these chapters before you could go outside and play we didn't have any of that so we're like what do we feel like i don't know let's do it and so that whole idea of being flexible enough to tune in you know like like missy was saying to really get to to know what do they like this kid likes to go out a lot this kid likes to stay home a lot okay so how are we going to manage that with a with a family unit, that maybe the kids can stay home, maybe they can't. And all of that being flexible enough to, to accommodate the people that are in the family instead of trying to um, prioritize some system over the individual. You know, that's the problem with school. I talk about individual learning plans all the time, but... We are like individualizing to the max. Nobody nobody individualizes more than an unschooling family. And so that's really, really cool. And I didn't really, I wanted us to be creative. I wanted us to have a lot of following curiosities. But in the beginning, I had a lot of ideas. Well, a seven-year-old needs to do this or an eight-year-old needs to do that. Just because I had been raised that way and because it's like that schoolish way is kind of in the air, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that you have bought into some system, but there's just little things that creep in that you're like, well, don't they know they're sevens and then you think. How often has anybody come up to me and asked me seven times six out of the blue? Not very often, ever. <laughs> and so so that was, you know, the idea of being able to cater to the actual individuals in our family, that was huge. Um, I was making notes, too, because like Tyra, I, I was pretty mainstream to start. I know I don't sound mainstream now, but... Um, to start out I was and so just to look back and think of wow how much growth happened and I wasn't even trying (laughs) I mean I wasn't trying to like grow into a better person or something like that I was just trying to accommodate my children to figure out how can we have the most adventurous life and that was the way we approached most things. What were the things that really made them light up? How could I help them get that? And then that idea of Missy's kid one time sleep until two in the afternoon. I'm thinking for all those families out there who have a lot of kids that are sleeping until two in the afternoon. <laughs> um, they slept, they stayed up late, they slept late. And I thought, okay, that's all right. There's three to 11 shifts. Maybe there'll be night shifts. Workers. It's okay. Don't have judgment about that. It's all right. And the next thing you know, they they get a job at 16. They get their license, 16, 17, something like that. They get their license and they get a job at Barnes and Noble. And they're told they have to open the store at 7 in the morning. And I just looked at I'm like, You think you can do that? And they did. They didn't need a long on ramp to get up early, to practice getting up early. <laughs> they just needed a reason. To do it, and their reason was they wanted that paycheck and they wanted that shift, and so they took it. And you know, it wasn't long before they were just opening the door and leaning in. As I'm sleeping on, you know, it's six thirty in the morning, and they're like, "Mom, I had breakfast. I'm taking the car." Okay, thanks, night. <laughs> um, but they didn't have to practice for it. I guess is what what I want to reassure those families that maybe have some odd sleeping hours not to mention that it's the pandemic and there are a lot of kids that don't have or haven't had maybe it's starting to now but they haven't had their normal activities that would be a motivator to get up early in the morning and so um you know that's an advantage to unschooling is you can take life for how it actually is. It's not, we must get up here or we must do this or we must do that. If you want to have lunch at four in the afternoon, have it. If you want to have breakfast for dinner, have it. If you want to do whatever you want to do to make your life fit the people in your family. And so I think sometimes the question was always, um, Well, how are they going to adapt to the real world when, when, um, when they leave that Patterson house of chaos (laughs) and they did, they did all of them get up early for jobs, all of them. And they don't complain and they don't drag their feet and they're not late to work because it's about knowing what you want to do and being able to do it, um, so I think that's probably enough for me, right? Let me see if there was anything else that I had written down. Oh, I didn't I didn't really think I was I didn't think about whether you trust kids or you don't trust kids. And I think and I think I had adopted that kids have to be corralled. You have to orchestrate everything for them. And that was probably something that took a little while for me to kind of realize Oh, wow, look what they know. And I didn't even talk to them about that. Or look how much, look at all this motivation they have to do this thing they want to do. Um, so I think that that was kind of a, um, a a longer path for me to recognize I didn't have to orchestrate it. Because then I started, once we moved into unschooling, I was like, oh, let's make this great environment. And so it takes a while to recognize that sometimes your idea of a great environment may not be their idea of a great environment and then you kind of have to let go of different things um so that you can really meet the needs of those individuals so I guess that's probably my big theme is meeting the needs of the individuals and the family as a unit and having a lot of fun I like the take life for how it actually is absolutely yeah, yeah
0: absolutely and that's the thing it's uh, you know living being part of daily life that is so enjoyable as well so so good okay i um we do have a ton of questions coming as well i know people are asking are raising their hand and sending me messages so i do want to get to those but i want to get to stacy first and then um i have some other questions that i i would like to address and then i'll bring those that have raised up raised their hand up to the audience as well so
5: stacy thanks robin um I think probably I'll just keep it uh, tight. I I think it's the freedom, first of all, was the unexpected. I I did not associate this choice with freedom. And the freedom that unschooling has brought to us as a family has been amazing. We're entrepreneurs and we have been for a number of years. Um, I'm a management consultant in IT. So uh, that. The freedom, because we wanted that freedom, we didn't realize that freedom was what was needed. So I think it's probably a big unexpected aspect for us. Nurtured memories, they were not canned. It wasn't the two weeks you get in the summer holiday that you choose over the summertime or that little tiny bit you get in school over Christmas time. Everything seems to be rushed because you're trying to build family memories that are not entirely done in the car, taking them to their next extracurricular activity. Although I certainly have done my fair share of that, even unschooling. But I felt that there is... Because we had time and freedom and room, we were able to build a lot of really great nurtured memories. Like just sitting and reading books for hours and hours and hours together. Because we could just read books for hours and hours together, read out loud. And I think the last thing that really stuck with me is it's okay to be mediocre. Everybody seems to talk in unschooling about the lazy kids oh my gosh, they never have a work ethic. They're never going to get up. We're going to have a problem. But thats I I have managed thousands of people in my life. I've had teams of two people, and I've had teams of 1,500 people all across Canada. So I have tons of people in my office constantly being supported, and nobody ever worries about being lazy. They always come to the table with, they're overwhelmed. They don't have enough time. They're burnt out. They're stressed out. And they have this expectation of constant comparison to the person next to them. My degree is not as good as theirs. I don't have as much work experience as they do. They got their report in faster. And it's okay to be utterly ordinary. And that was a very unexpected outcome from our family experience. Like John kabat says, in his everyday blessings the utterly ordinary is utterly extraordinary and it depends on how you see things and whether or not you're willing to look deeply and live by what you see and what you know and honor right honor the mystery of the of your being and of their being and by giving that freedom it's okay not to be special not to be straight a not to have a Rolex. It's, it's okay. It's okay just to be you, and that's good enough. And it's okay not to know what you want to be when you grow up. And it's okay not to know what to do with your time. And it's okay if you just want to read Archie comics. It's okay to not be special like everybody else. That was
0: my last takeaway. Yeah, Thank you. And because I want to, you know, as much as we have this panel, I, I'm sure so many and I want to I want to ask all of you out there. I know maybe I can't see, see you or you can send me a message, but how many are you expe- are you expecting to come here and hear about the amazing like once in a lifetime successes of unschoolers? You know, like we we want to hear that it's absolutely like the pinnacle success. And some for some reason, we have this hard time that knowing that, yeah, it is okay to be mediocre. It's okay to be average. How many billions of people are in this world? And um, absolutely. And it's, it's true. Where everyone's worried about having too much to do, not enough hours in the day being overwhelmed, over-consumed. And... Um, uh, there's little, I think, as our kids grow up on how to just be and to manage and and to understand what they need for themselves as well. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's what I love. Everyone brings, you know, there's overlapping similarities, but also those are the unique differences too. So uh, what I want to do is Uh, So we have some questions here, some people coming up, but uh, actually I would really like if, and I know it's hard to say quickly, if we could just really briefly touch on, for all of you, when you started unschooling, was there a process Did you have to, and I'm referring to de-schooling right now, did you have to take a year, did you have to take some time, or did you just slowly let it evolve, did it flow for you, Um, what did that you know, did it just come to you and you're like, aha, like Stacey, when your husband said unschooling, did you guys just begin unschooling? Or was there a process? I know Sue talks about that there was a process for her. There was a getting into it. Karima, you guys classically unschooled at first. But when unschooling really like hit for you, was that a slower process or did that seem to come overnight? So let's go to Karima first here. Karima, because I know you, you're also on a limited time.
2: Ah! So I'll share very briefly. Um, For us, it was a bit of a gradual process. Um, We were classically homeschooling, and then that's why I had the classical mornings and delight-driven afternoons and then one day my children woke up and they began doing delight driven afternoons in the morning before breakfast and that's kind of how we started. And then add on the fact that um, shortly after that my husband was diagnosed with leukemia which meant trips back and forth to the hospital and I was like not home to mess it up if you if you will. And then that's when the deep dive happened. Um, so for us it was gradual at first and then once the illness came, it kind of ramped it up like someone poured gasoline on it, so.
1: Tyra? Oh, well, I'm the exact opposite, Kareva. <laughs> Mine was immediate. As soon as I thought about doing it, um, as soon as I learned about de and unschooling about the same time, you know, after I did traditional homeschooling, which just did not work, didn't work anymore for her, for my daughter. And I had to realize that this was her journey, not mine. So I'm the type of person that if I sit around and think about things too much, I just won't do it or it's going to take me a while. I'll make them excuse me. But because I felt like I had no choice, something had to be different in order for my child to be happy you know, to light up inside, and she was showing me what lit her up inside, and I was not paying attention to it, so when I recognized her genius, that's that's a nod to Karima, when I did recognize her genius, and I was like, yeah, it's got to change, I did it immediately, I didn't, you know, ease into it, she went from, you know, I said this from nine to four, and remember, I have one child, every day and me making schedules every Sunday that I could never keep. And I went from that. And the next morning she woke up and I said, well, Zoe, you can learn whatever you want. What do you want to learn? I had never asked that, which is crazy. I think about that now and I look back and that's, that's crazy. How can I never ask my child? What interests her? That's because I was so so focused on myself. And doing what I needed to do for her, which was actually what I needed to do for myself in order to feel like a success. Instead of actually looking at my child, that's why I started homeschooling in the first place. Actually looking at what my child needed and wanted and, you know, what she yearned for. And that was art and everything creative. And that wasn't me. You know, that's not what I saw, but it was what she saw. So I had to do it. I just did it. I said, "You can learn whatever you want." And then I, you know, like I told Karima, I went into my room and shut the door. <laughs> you know, and I worked from in the room, and, and she would come in and tell me, "Oh, it was my this. Look what I learned. I learned this. I learned that." And I thought she was going to learn nothing but art, but she just learned absolutely. It's like it was all bottled up inside of her for, like, 10 years. And it just all came out. And when she learned something to solve a problem, when she intentionally learned something to solve a problem, that's when I was like, oh, yeah. This unscreening it's going to work because, you know, she intentionally learned something to solve something that was happening in her life. And she came back to me, and she said, Mom, you know, what do I do now? And I said, hey, this is forever. You can learn whatever you want for the rest of your life. Whatever you know brings you joy, whatever is your interest, whatever is your passion. And so I might not have been completely de-schooled by the time, you know, she really started intentionally learning things for herself, for her success. It took me a while. You know, I always refer to it, like I told Karima, like I treated de-schooling like it was a, like it it was a coat, you know, when you, when it's cold outside, you have to put your coat on, but you don't need your coat all the time because you have different seasons. So when I was like questioning things, like, oh my gosh, what is my child doing? Am I doing right? I'm feeling my child, I go put the coat on and I would be like, everything's going to be okay because look at your child." She is successful. She is, she's successful in her own mind and her own life. She is what she wants to be because of herself. And that's all that matters. So it took a while for my de-schooling to, you know, it, it, it took longer in between times that I had to take that code out. And then by the time I say she's about a junior in her beginning year, you know, she told me, oh, mama, I'm not going to be able to do what, that yeah, I've got too many projects to do, I'll get to it when I can. And I was like, okay. So that's when I knew that you know, that part of worrying was over. You know, I didn't I I didn't have to really use my code anymore. So yeah, de schooling it took a while for me. It just wasn't, you know, gradually uh it gradually worked into de schooling and unschooling. I did it immediate, but then it took my mindset to change. That took a while. So I was
0: yeah, that makes absolute sense. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, you know, we have questions coming in. I would love to hear from Stacy, Sue, and Missy on this too. Stacy, uh, when your husband, how old were your kids when he set, suggested unschooling?
4: Uh, right start- after
5: kindergarten, yeah, like right after. You know what? I I can't see that I did. Because it was after kindergarten, we barely made it through kindergarten, and then we immediately we've been homeschooling, quote unquote, like ever since. And I think that that ebbs and flows. So you'll find I found a lot of unschooling families this way, where they say that they're unschooling, but they're not really unschooling because it just feels better to say, yeah, but I'm going to teach them how to read. It's okay to <laughs> do this. I don't. I think we're always deschooling because you're going to have to go through this process right like you just it's every time they go through a milestone like oh my gosh it's all great to like unschool through elementary as long as they're reading at the right point and then you panic and then it's okay once they start reading but then they hit junior high and they should probably be start learning algebra now right like that that should be a thing how come they don't know scientific method it's okay that they use a calculator it's fine do you think maybe their vocabulary should be a little higher should i be introducing shakespeare you are constantly de-schooling it is a non-stop thing that you're always doing because that voice comes in and you change the language ever so slightly and you begin to dishonor them with you know expectations of measuring up and it's too this and it's too that and it's too bad and couldn't do just a little and are you sure you want to and now you're back to de schooling again <laughs> because so I think the deschooling really comes from you. I think it sits with the parent. I don't think children need to de-school. I think they naturally you know bristle against the idea of being forced to learn something they're not interested in learning. Not about structure and schooling, but forced into a ringing bell and a moving classroom and a constant schedule and and things they're not passionate about. And the second you give them the freedom to know what they want to know and do what they want to do, snap, they've de-schooled. It's us. We're the ones. And I'm doing it nonstop still.
0: I agree. After all these years... (laughs) And after every stage that they go through and and every age and as they change, I absolutely agree. And actually, (laughs) we're doing them we're dishonoring them by saying, oh, we're going to be doing this and we're honoring your passions and, you know, passions and needs and what you want to do. Oh, but wait a minute. Maybe you should be doing this or you're not quite here yet or you should really add this on top of that. I've never actually thought of it as a way of dishonoring our kids because we definitely, and so you talked about this, trust you know, the big part of that is that trust process. And how can we still build that trust if in a way we're breaking it?
5: Yeah, well, and if if it's easy with kids who learn naturally. So my middle one wants to do astrophysics. He's teaching himself that. It's so easy to unschool the self-directed child that can pick up advanced physics on his own in less than 30 days. Like that's just super easy. But the 14-year-old, who had developmental issues, which we thought was ADHD, who didn't fit well in social circumstances without being super supervised because he was handsy. That one that didn't read when I felt he should have by the time he was 11, that's when I started really unschooling because he refused. As a matter of fact, the relationship was breaking down so fast because he wasn't living up to these unwritten expectations, despite living in an unschooled home. That's when we really began to honor our children's ideas of who they are and enjoying them. I treat them like guests in my house. They get nothing but smiles and welcomes and hugs. And what can I get for you when they walk in the door? And that really turned a corner for us. So I think that sometimes it's forced upon you, but really the de-schooling sits with you.
0: Yeah, so good. Uh, I do want to say, I'm trying to link as quickly as I can up top as well, but everyone has on the stage has been on my podcast sharing their journeys. Everyone is absolutely powerful. I know, Stacy, you talked about uh, your son being, you know, that's a huge question as well. When will they learn to read, and what if they're learning to read late? And you talked about that on the episode too, and I know it was really powerful for a lot of parents, and, and that's a big one. What if they don't read until a certain time? Um, where do we, you know, for some reason, reason right now we think seven is this magic age and if they don't by seven it's too late for the rest of their lives it's over um and we know so many examples where that's not true so uh so let's continue with sue and then missy and then we'll move to robin for her question and then the rest of the questions that have come up as well too
4: Okay. Wow, that was so good from Stacy and Tara. I love that. Um, you know, in the '90s and the early 2000s, there really wasn't a lot of talk about deschooling. You know, back then we really it was unschooling was the weird thing, <laughs> and um, and so we were just moving in that direction. Um, I a hundred percent agree that de-schooling is a forever thing for parents. And I know that's really discouraging for a lot of people, but it is exactly the reason that Stacy said new milestones for the kids. And suddenly, oh gosh, now we're panicking. And like what Tyra had said, that feeling from, um, are we being a good enough mom? That feeling of, um, Are we going to be judged for not doing a good enough job? Are they our little, you know, that bumper sticker, my honor student, whatever it said? And um, are we going to be judged when they don't read at 11 or when they um, have terrible penmanship or write with bad spelling, is that going to reflect on us? And so I think that's something that we really have to work on because that makes that de-schooling last even longer (laughs) because we don't even notice, oh shoot, that's that's all my ego wrapping in here. In addition to society pushing all of that stuff about learning certain things by certain ages, you know that seven-year-old reading thing has to do with the fact that by about eight or nine schools switch how they teach and they teach they don't the teacher doesn't read it to them anymore. so they really have to get those kids reading as well as possible by fourth grade. We don't have that rush. We don't have to make brains accommodate whatever some outside influence is, we can allow it to unfold with less stress and less expectation. And, um, and so that p- kind of comes in with the de-schooling. So for us, the de-schooling was kind of peaks and valleys. We would be into it and then something would happen and I'd get a little triggered for whatever the reason was. And I'd be like, I don't know, should we be doing percentages? and um and in hindsight i can look back and say every time i did that it was a waste of time and sometimes it was worse than that sometimes it caused a little bit of a rift between the kids and me and that's what you don't want that, that you want the goal to be what can i do to make the connection stronger because then not only can i see what they need but they can trust me more and i can trust them more and we move through the world in a much better way so, I'll stop So good, so so good. Okay. I'll be quick because I know we're we're getting close to the
3: end, but i I just wanted to um, add on that I think deschooling is the same, if well, very much merged with what I have talked about before, it was ego schooling, and it's all about what is what what is the ego saying that needs to be happening with our kids and our family and our, you know, in our homeschool world? Um, And so, you know, for, for my children, and this started, you know, years and years ago, when I started becoming much more aware of how I was allowing my feelings about what they were learning or not learning to override our relationship. And it was like, is this factual or is this emotional? you know, is this true or is this something I've created that has to be true because of some parameter that was created, you know, in, in my schooling experience. Um, and I've even, you know, I I joke with my kids a lot too, and we are very playful and I just let them know. I'm like, okay, am I being too much? Am I, am I annoying you? (laughs) Am I asking too much of you? And so, you know, they say yes. And then I back off. I'm like, okay, sorry, that was just me. Or I might even present something to them and say, Today I'm feeling this, like I really want to be creative or I really need adventure. I've been at home for 3 days and I just need to get out. Does anybody want to join me? Do y'all are y'all feeling that too? So I've learned to go from I think we should do this to I would like to do this. Does anyone want to join? And I have found especially when they were younger, as soon as I would start doing something, they would join in, you know, instead of it being the opposite where I would feel like they would have to start something and then I would join in. So Um, And I'm not saying that doesn't happen now that they're older, of course, they'll start doing stuff now, you know, if they would like somebody to join in with them, then I, you know, I will. Um, But I, I do just feel like there's such a need to pause and to just think about where, where are the ideas coming from that we've created in our own minds about what our kids should or should not be doing. And if we can give ourselves that opportunity to just take a break and a breath, then we'll probably be able to get outside of that um that that school mindset a lot faster
0: absolutely ego schooling <laughs> i remember you you're, you've you've ter- used that term before and i almost forgot about that and that's such a great reflection yeah that's a big one that's a hard one as well too so yeah fam say it, something it is about us not our kid absolutely
1: i'm sorry for interrupting you, i just wanted to tell missy ego schooling amazing Thank
0: you. Okay, so I want to go to Robin, not me, but Robin Kay. Welcome, Robin. I I know you'd sent me a question, but are you up here to ask the question I'm thinking you're going to ask? it. The mic is yours. We'll pass it to you, and and then we'll... uh...
6: Thanks, Robin. Thanks, everybody. Um, so, yeah, Missy, you 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 gave me something to think about in terms of my question, and it's definitely it's about. Um, well, the background is I've got two eight-year-old twins who are very into gaming and very into media. I am finally at a place where I absolutely love it and I think that it's beneficial and I know that they're learning a ton. Maybe I told that to the grandparents so many times that I finally started to believe it, but I know that it's true. Um, So I don't have a problem with them gaming or being on YouTube, but... I am finding it hard to entice them away from computers when I just want them to move their bodies or to rest their eyeballs, Um, you know, because I just, as much as I think that gaming is great, I, I think that it's probably important to, you know, do, do it some different things and, uh, and move your body and and whatnot. So I know that strewing, I've heard that strewing is a thing, um, or any other tips on sort of enticing them away from their computers
3: once in a while. I'll jump in if that's okay. Um, only because I just had this conversation with my 19 year old, um, who is into gaming and he's taking classes, um, to do simulation and game development. Um, And he was very techie from uh, from an early age. Um, And his perspective, honestly, now is, you know, as much as technology is part of our lives and as much as, um, you know, it is enticing and it's very dopamine hitting in our brains. And we have to be aware of that. And so his take is he's glad, you know, that we had adventures put on the calendar and days that we were not going to be home. Um, And I think it's always about, collaborating with our kids and finding out what is it that they're super interested in outside of maybe gaming, and then be sure that you are intentional about it and have it on the calendar and inc- include them in that organizing and planning. Because the more they, they feel like they have ownership in any of their their outings and events, then the more that they will look forward to it, to the point where maybe even you could say, you know, we did such and such a, a couple of weeks ago. Everybody seemed to have a really great time. Would you all like to add that to our calendar on a regular, you know, on a current recurring event? Um, and just get them involved because I, I mean I do think that the whole technology world it's it's kind of a beast in and of itself. Um, and as much as I have given my kids so so much freedom to play and interact with um, YouTube and gaming, they you know it's important to take care of our bodies. And if there's there's a chance that they're actually overdoing it or overexerting themselves in some way, if they were doing that playing sports, I would step in and say, hey, you know I'm noticing that you're not really getting a good rest or, hey, I'm noticing that you've, you know, so I'll just be an observer and just sort of throw out some ideas and things that I'm witnessing and then just get feedback from them that way.
0: That's a great addition. Thank you, Missy. Does anyone else want to add to that as well?
1: Yes. um, My daughter played a lot of video games and I I think I was just one of those parents that At first, I was like, oh, you know, what, you know, what is, what value is that? But she was playing with her father, and I realized that she was learning something. And she was, she's been playing video games with my husband since she was, like, three. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. Maybe two weeks ago, we had seen something on TV about uh, parents being upset about, I think it was on our news channel being upset playing games, playing, you know, video games. Um, And she looked at me, she said, Mom, you know, I did play a lot of video games, but I've been playing video games since I was little. And she said, I just want you to know that you playing those games, she said, help me to write, help me to come up with my comic book. She said, because within those games I was playing with my dad, I saw the characters and and how they moved and and and, and how their their backstories and so and you know, she started and probably about eleven is when she started filling up um, books filled with characters. But you know, the characters were the name and the backstories and how old they they were, what they did and she said that was all from playing video games with my dad when I was really young. So, um, when I tell people about video games, I said, you never know what that video game they're playing can inspire. Uh, my daughter, at one time, wanted to make video games. She went through a 10-week program and then found out, yeah, game, doing games is not for me, <laughs> but that's okay. She tried it, and she said, I just want to draw the characters to games. So when people talk about video games, well, I'm a game schooler, so I love games. So we can play games all day long, video games, it doesn't matter. But with video games, it's just, she, that touched me, Robin. I don't think I've ever told that story, but that touched me, that she told me that playing games and video games, especially at such a young age, helped her to develop what she's passionate about. And that meant all.
4: I think that's because you know they we don't know what's happening in their brains. We don't know what they're getting out of it. We think oh gosh just loud noises and this and that. But but like you were saying the character development and so many different things that it could be. I think that that's sorry I just jumped in Robin.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. I was actually just going to expand on the question
4: and so can, it's Okay. I just wanted also to add that we have to kind of be careful that that we aren't you know this is kind of part of that deschooling too that it's not just deschooling about math it's also deschooling about what these expectations are every time something new is introduced in society there's a lot of resistance to it and right now it's technology right and so um I think that we have to recognize, am I getting influenced like that? And for me, what I've helped a lot of parents do, because my kids played a ton of, they they played video games, they watched TV, they did all the things that everybody said was going to rot their brains. We did have a rule that if my son... (laughs) <laughs> this is kind of a weird one but if he got this t- he would get this tiny little bloodshot vein in his eye and i'm like okay look up and i'd look am like no you got it and so he'd have to go walk around and do something else for a little bit and and so it but it became kind of like we're partnering through this and so i was thinking too robin when you were saying about um they have to have physical activity. Well, you could get them one of those yoga balls that they could sit on where they have to kind of wiggle, you know, their hips and move a little bit and and that might help. And the other thing I was thinking too is think about transitions. So if you have a kid that gets up early in the morning and gets started playing video games right away, When you tune into them and you see, okay, now he's scrolling around looking for something else to do, that's the moment to say, okay, let's do something else, whatever it is that you know that he also likes to do. It may be only fourth or fifth on his list. His Minecraft or whatever it is, is numero uno. Okay, great. But every now and then he might be open to some other things and talking about it with him when it's not in the middle of it because then that turns into a power struggle so if you can talk about it like over lunch okay so what are some other things we want to try to get done today then then your job your role as the unschooling parent is how can i make this a successful path so that means let's try this before you get on or let's for us it was like let's we were we would be driving home i'm like okay who's going to Get the dog some water. Who's going to do, you know, let's all figure out who's going to do these different things before we immerse ourselves in all of our favorite stuff. And so that's kind of your role is to see how can I help them strategically succeed. And and I will say that even with all that TV and all that video gaming, they really, they don't, that's not their life now. You know, they do some and that it just becomes like, part of a tapestry you know where it weaves in and it weaves out and sometimes it's there but they're learning all kinds of skills that a lot of kids that are stuck in the classroom don't get to learn because you had your 30 minutes of computer science class and that was it and your guys get to learn a ton of how to research and how to find resources and how to how to stick with something when it's hard and all the things that computers can bring to your life so I don't know,
1: I went too long. Probably. Oh, oh, Robin, can I add something <laughs> real quick that I wanted to add about playing games? Oh,
0: yes. I'm sorry. And then, then Stacy after that.
1: Yeah. Um, is that I would do projects with some of the games that my daughter would play. Um, like, say, she would be playing um, God of War with her dad. You know, that has a lot of um, folklore and. Ah, uh, mythology, and so you know, after she would play a game like that, I'd be like, you know what, you know, it would be fun. I said, Let's go to the library, because um, I love um mythology, and um, and I and I would tell her what I learned about mythology, and she'd be interested, and we'd go to the library and get books, or we'd look at up um, on the computer, and we actually <laughs> we made a um, family tree. Of, you know, mythology, either the Roman or the Greek, you know, about Gaia, and went down to Zeus, and we would learn about all the stories of all the different gods. So I mean, that, you know, she loved playing the games, and, but, you know, if you're, but she also found that I can do something else outside of playing that video game, but still learning uh, what I uh, was playing in the video game. I thought that that was uh, unique, that she took all that playing and playing with the God of War and, you know, learning about um, the Vikings and uh, the Greeks and the Roman mythology. She also wanted to do it outside of playing games, and that led into so many projects.
5: Stacy, Yeah, I'd say uh, these moms are much better than me. That's not how (laughs) I approached us. Because I have a whole gaming family. There's three boys four including my husband my husband's part of a world of warcraft guild six o'clock i don't get to talk to him he's on there for five hours doing his thing it's like a job so we're a heavy heavy gaming family i game on a board game or with cards i don't game on the computer so i would say robin the two things that i've done there's a lazy parenting version of this is the first one is dive deep into the games they're playing that's what i would do go look it up online after they're like doing their thing and then walk in and go, hey, can you tell me a little bit about that on a walk? And so I'll say, I'm going to go down to 7-Eleven and get myself a pop. You guys can come with me and get them to start talking about the game. And then they're happy to like sound like bookends on either end of you, filling your ears full of Minecraft and Diablo and CSGO and Among Us and everything else that they're playing. And they just tell you all about it. And you listen intently lean in, ask questions, be interested, be astounded. Genuinely, don't bullshit through it. I I think that if you get engaged and say, I want to hear all about it, but I got to move my body. And so you can walk and talk. Let's just do a walk and talk. So that's the first trick. The second trick is bribery. And I, I am fully admitting that I do it. It's like, okay, you guys, do you think it's healthy to be on there all day? Like without maybe taking a 15 minute break now and then I tell you what, if you can build in two 30-minute breaks, I'll buy you some in-game coin. That's what I do. I offer to help them play their game with money if they just get off for a little bit. And even if it's like crazy, like you have to run around the backyard. I'm not going to make you pick up dog poop, but you just have to run around the backyard a few times or go for a walk with me or stand in your head. I bought a trampoline. They had to go outside for 15 minutes and jump up and down the trampoline. Bribery. It worked beautifully and they did get off and now they do get off on their own and spend time doing other things. No problem.
0: <laughs> so just a quick recap. We're talking about connecting and supporting all of their interests, helping them to you know, plan or schedule together with them and having their say, looking at what it builds on and all the other creative pursuits that lead to it and that come from it and that can support it. Um, How can we make this a successful path for them? Um, How can I help them as well? Be engaged in what they do. Start those conversations and bribery. (laughs) I love it.
6: I love all. Robin, did that help answer,
0: give you all kinds of perspective?
6: So, so much. And you know what? I took a lot of notes and what I'm seeing is uh, there's a couple new things for me here, but a lot of this is Similar to what I'm doing, but I'm not doing it with as much intention, I think is, is what that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing is that, um, you know, we definitely do, uh, talk about video games while we're walking, but it hadn't like occurred to me to be like, if you want to talk to me about it, we got to walk. Um, and the planning, you know, I'm like really, I, 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 I have ADHD. I really like fly by the seat seat of my pants. pants. And so definitely I jump at them in the middle of their very important game. And I'm like, let's go do this thing. (laughs) Like, of course they don't want to do it right then. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about the intention for me and thank you so much for these really, really great ideas. I really appreciate it. And my partner, um, is a art director for I think the biggest video game company in North America for electronic arts on FIFA so like I can't complain about video games it pays the mortgage
0: (laughs) yes it does (laughs) thank you such a good I think video games is one of the big things that usually comes up right and it's either I find that parents are either looking to be told exactly what to do on it um, because it's hard to find the groove and and to connect with our kids and to be intentional in that as well right and you should have them on for a certain amount of hours and offer a certain amount of hours and it should look this way in your day uh, and also sometimes that yeah to have those conversations and to to play and to be as engaged and, and enjoy it and that you know that what what are we talking about as well? That curiosity, that um, coming from a place of little judgment as possible and actual interest, because that's what it's about, supporting their interests. Sue, did you want to add something? Yeah, to I just this wanted too, to that? add that. And then, like, and then I do have a bunch more questions okay. that have been asked.
4: I just want to add, real quickly, that, that it's so common as parents that we second guess ourselves. We're doing something that most people. Don't let their kids play a lot of video games. And there's a huge push against it. And so then on a weekday, we're like, wow, am I kind of a crummy mom? Because I went off and did something else while my kid played video games for seven hours. And so I think that's why it's really important to be around other unschoolers that are looking at this with intention instead of um, passively or just following what the general... Public says to do, and and it it makes us second guess when we haven't like shored up our our um, our ideas, like you were saying, Robin, about being intentional. So. Yes, absolutely. I love that.
0: So I just want to let everyone know we're here for about 15 more minutes. I know some of the panel today might have to log off early, so you uh, you know you're more than welcome to do that. Um, I, I just also want to give enough time so that we can hear from everyone, every wonderful parent on this as well. Okay. I hope Stacy needs to duck out, and I think Kareem is going to need to duck out too. Okay. Thank you so much for being here today. For those of you that are able to join. Um, I Someone unmiked that I, I I had my messages up so I couldn't see who it was. Um, okay, so I'm just going to ask a few questions that have come into the back chat as well. Uh, so this is from Dina. Dina, thanks for asking this question. She'd like to hear more about doing this with one child. She says, my husband has a full-time job and when it's just me and my son, uh, when we aren't with other families. And sometimes I feel like it's not enough for him. I hear from so many unschoolers with multiple kids. When I think about adventures, it's hard to imagine it with just one kiddo. Um her husband has a full-time corporate job. So would anybody like to share or speak to that? Okay. Karima had to exit as well, too. I see.
1: Okay. Well, I, I have one child. <laughs> so what now what is she what was she what was the question again, Robin? I was trying yeah, to Yeah, I will out. read it
0: again here. So um unschooling with one child. So her husband has a full-time job and when it's just her and her son, sometimes I feel like it's not enough for him. I hear from so many unschoolers with multiple kids. When I think about adventures, it's hard to imagine it with just one kiddo. So unschooling one child and maybe the concern about not being exposed to other kids uh, or to imagining adventures or experiences with, um, with more than with one child as opposed to multiple children
1: yes um you know when i when i uh, first started homeschooling Zoe, um i never thought of that but my mom and other people you know close family members were like well it's just her you know what about the socialization and are you going to be enough you know and i never thought of that because i was like oh we're just going to do so many things together. <laughs> you know, we're going to, you know, I get to do this with her, that with her. But it also it helped that um, before the pandemic, um, I'm sure things are better now with some uh, co-ops maybe. But we found a co-op. Um, and I also had my daughter involved in 4-H. Uh, she would go and she played sports. Um you know she went to acting class she was in theater she did plays um, and through the co-op we had parties so i mean we did so much with other kids and you know we, but but her and i also went on adventures together we went to of uh, the museum uh, we would go to different places together and we live in florida so uh, in orlando so we would go to disney together and there's a thing that you can homeschool through Disney. I know that's crazy, but it's a thing. And so, I mean, there was just so many things that her and I did together. And that's what made our relationship so close because, you know, I'd be like so, and I, and I tell this to people, for six years, every single morning, I would ask her, what do you want to do today? What What do you want to explore today? What are you doing? I still ask her that. And so, you know, she said, oh, well, mom, I want to go outside. And I don't know. She liked going. She liked for me to just drive. And she would just take pictures of buildings. Or she would just want to just sit outside and just look up at the clouds. I mean, it's just so many little things. But that's just her. She's a creative child. And I understand that all kids are creative. But it's going to be okay. Believe me. You know, believe me, things will be, so there's so many opportunities. It's just, you have to look, you have to ask, you know, don't be afraid to ask somebody about something or go to your librarian. A lot of times they have things that are posted where, you know, uh, things that are happening. Just, I I learned to really look and ask, look around and really ask a lot of people about different things that were happening around. Thank you,
0: Tyra. Yeah, it's actually important because, um, and I know there are other un single unschooling like moms with only one child in the audience as well, because I know some of them personally too, along with Tyra. Um, you know, so many times I think, every situation or no matter what situation we're in we still want to make sure that we're providing the best for our kids the best opportunity that we can as well um, and usually what it looks like for every family is a bit different so we always wonder is this enough am I doing enough am I offering enough it's the, the um, continuous battle the continuous work of it as well but uh, I agree what you said Tyra as well it's going to you know it, it is it's going to be it's going to be enough and um,
4: yeah, supporting their interests. So- I would just I would just add that, you know, pay attention to is it your child that wants more kids around or is it a story in your head that you've kind of created that they should have more kids around or something's going to happen? That's just fear. And so anytime that you're making decisions out of fear, it's time to kind of sit down and break it apart and figure out is that really true um, because maybe they're perfectly happy. Or maybe, like Tyra was saying, they need to be in a little theater group, or they need to take a dance class, or maybe they are perfectly fine right now. And and so staying tuned into them and then doing your own little work of... That whole society push of kids need to be around other kids. Well, that's because we send them off to schools for the most part. So we've got to kind of defend it. But death proximity does not make friends. You know, just because your last name starts with the same last letter, same first letter, doesn't mean that you're going to be best friends with them for anything longer than third grade. So I think that if you if you recognize what's really going on and how can we make this child's day more sparkly, what do they need? What could we do? And then let that direct you instead of a society push.
1: I would. And, and you know what, Sue, you brought up such a good statement. There were times when Zoe would tell me, uh, mom, I don't want to be around anybody. Right? I just, <laughs> I, I just want to go home and draw or I just want to go home and paint. I just, that happened with
4: my three kids. I would have one that said, my gosh, we have to go to another theater practice. (laughs) You know, I mean, you can have negative reasons, you know. And they said a grass is always greener thing, right? You know, like, oh, if only I had three kids. Well, what if they didn't get along? Or what if they had different interests? Or what, you know, there's benefits. Just try to focus on the things that are positive about the situation you're in is probably your best.
3: Rob, and I was going to throw one, I was just going to throw one idea in this. This was sort of a statement. This was a statement that was made to me in the early years of homeschooling. And it was, if you plan it, they will come. And if you have a way of putting out any sort of request for gatherings, whether whatever your child's interested in um, then you will find people almost always will respond to it. Um, so for my son, he was really, really interested in Pokemon early on. And we had access to a rec center that had this lovely, lovely space outdoor, indoor. And I organized a Pokemon gathering and oh my gosh, I mean, he made so many friends and had such a wonderful time. And this was when his, his sister was still a baby. Um, and so, you know, it it really drove home the fact that you pay attention to your children's interest and they find friends through interest. Like instead, like what Sue was saying, you know, like just because they're in a classroom with some child or they're in a group setting with kids simultaneously doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to connect. But if you can find those interests and they can connect to that way, then that sort of opens up their world a little bit and allows them to sort of connect with other kids.
0: Okay. That's such fantastic advice and reassurance as well, too. Thank you. Okay, I, I don't mean to to breeze through quickly to these through these questions, but I know there's we won't get to all of the questions today. Um, we're gonna have to do this again, another part two as well, to get to all of the questions. We have Crystal up on stage. Crystal, thank you for joining us. Let's. What's your question? I'm gonna
7: pass. Thank you, ladies. Um. Okay, so my question, because I know y'all ready. Oh, um, I just this just came upon me like days ago. Um, I was sitting and and just uh you know, my son is fifteen. He's just in the ninth grade and I just feel like he's suffering. He I I don't even know. I just think he's suffering. I feel as though the, you know, the classes they have him in, you know, um like in high school. I mean, what is he supposed to have? It it has to be something better. They have him in um cooking. You know, um the things that he's you know, they teaching him french toast i told them those things already <laughs> and um just the other things and i said it has to be something better i tried homeschooling um during the pandemic and i felt like i didn't have no assistance and it was just to try to keep up with the school's curriculum with no help when you have these math questions that i had no clue of. And, and my son, I felt like he ain't had no clue either. I just feel like we are so stuck. And I don't want, I just feel like he's suffering and there's no one. Uh, I'm just lost. So when I seen this, um, I was like, this is it. This might be it for my son. Um, and so I don't know, ladies, when when I seen um, that you guys are on here, I'm like, yes, this is there's some hope
4: you have options crystal you don't have to have him in school he can cook whatever he wants to cook (laughs) you know you know know. for them to take a whole semester to cook french i mean that's no Uh, i totally get you have options you you really do have you looked into um, the? I saw that you're from Florida. Are you, is that correct? Yes. So I'm there sure. is a there is an umbrella program called the Florida Unschoolers Group or something. It's run by a lady named Nance Confer C O N F E R. If you Google it, you can legally unschool under that umbrella, and then you can run it the way you want to run it.
7: Yes, because this, and I knew it. I, I, I think I saw something on YouTube and I went, it, it, I think it was a podcast. Mm-hmm. But this was like, I don't know, like two in the morning. I, I just mm-hmm. got so into it and I'm like, okay, let me go to the podcast. And then, and then I said, let me go to, um, you know, Clubhouse. I'm not really good at Clubhouse and everything, but when I put in Unschool and seen. I said I know there's some hope. So, yes, thank you, ladies, for well, being here. Well, reach out because
4: I can get you some more resources about about helping oh, you for, for teen years. Oh, oh thank you. So, thank over you. at that podcast, I know I have three things about unschooling teens. So, you can listen to those tonight. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs>
7: yes. Okay. So, well, thank you, ladies. Thank you oh, well, so Also,
1: Crystal, uh, yes. I'm, I'm from Florida. I live in Florida. Okay. So, go on to my profile and there's my email email me and um we'll connect because i'm right here in orlando and i'll help you get started i'm in time that's fine doesn't matter Uh, florida unschoolers as far as the whole state of florida i know the person that is doing
7: for oh great thank you so much yeah, you
0: have a lot of support here, and, and come back to the rooms anytime and ask questions as well. I know all we all are parents who support unschooling parents that are looking for a new way and want to know their choices, so absolutely reach out and ask us. Uh, everyone that's been on the stage, Sue, Tyra, Missy, Karima, and Stacy as well, all in very different forms, so you have a ton of support here, so... Yeah, there is other ways. You do have options and that's the beauty of it. And it's also, you know, with your son as well, finding out what he would like to explore and what options he would like to look into as well is a big thing too. So thank you for coming up and asking. Hmm. I actually, there's an, there are more questions. There's another one in the chat. I actually just want to read out and then we're going to look at closing up the room. Um, and I think we're going to have to look at Part two as well, because there's so many questions that I know having six of us up here, all these five wonderful ladies along with myself, it's like I just want to have everybody to have enough time to share all the amazing experiences that they share. So it's interesting because this question is a little bit close to crystals, but different because with a bit younger children. But um, this parent has said they're struggling to accept that unschooling might be the best option for them. She says, but I think I need to do a lot of serious de-schooling of myself. I'm so happy to do the Waldorf method, and my 12-year-old is with me, but my 8-year-old told me the other day that she doesn't want to do it, and she would rather do what she is interested in. She set up her own schedule and I was cool with it, but the next morning I woke up and was so scared that I just went back to going with my routine. I can't let go because I need things to be organized with three kids homeschooling out of five. I'm so torn, but I don't know how to get out of it. Where do I start from? I want to listen to her, but I don't know how because she is the kid that battles me the most. I need help. Hey, that is a great question. That's a big question, and I know there's lots of areas that we can explore
3: on that too. But um, Missy, I'll pass it to you first. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, as soon as I hear the battle part, it just hits me deeply in my soul because I know that feeling. But I also, I've seen it with so many kids as as I've worked in the schools over the years, and and it is a call for help. It is a. It, it's the. It's the. I'm. Ra- I'm waving the red flag. I'm trying to you know get you to pay attention to me, and as a you know, a parent of multiple children, I understand it can be so hard because you're only one person and you feel like you're being torn and pulled in all these different directions and you feel like you're parenting multiple different people. So you, you feel like you're having to almost, you know, like a chameleon, you know, changing shape to fit the children that you have in front of you. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that it really is like we talked about before that dis- just de is a parental job. It's, it's the work you have to do within yourself. Um, Probably, the very first thing I would suggest is not making big assumptions about the future right now. Just take it minute by minute, if you have to, day by day for sure, but sit with each child or the children that are that are really asking to be homeschooled and and set up a plan for them and with them. But do it together, collaborate. and you know, and also to get notebooks if you have to on each child and be an observer and just take notes and see what they gravitate towards and what they enjoy. Um, and then you might start seeing some commonalities where right now you're looking at it as a everybody's doing something different when you might actually notice something similar that you could work on with, with the children together um, and then allow them to break off individually and, and focus on their own interests. Um, but it feels overwhelming. I get it. And it, it it is. It can be. But if you can just kind of look at it in the smaller chunks instead of trying to make a decision about their future six years down the line. Um, it'll, it'll relax you. I think a lot more.
4: Yeah, I think that idea of smaller chunks is such a good idea because if we're so afraid that we're not going to cover something. And when you remember, there really are no educational emergencies. <laughs> They've got their whole life to learn it. They may need it when they're 25, 35, 55, who knows? And they'll teach themselves if they need it, and that'll be okay. And so if your eight-year-old wants to do something in the mornings with you, then you do something with them. And then you, you know, it doesn't have to be hour by hour by hour, like one of those kinds of organizational charts. And I know that we, we gravitate towards those because they're familiar, but they're not necessary. They're important to run a system. They're not important to run a family. So think about your Saturdays. Think about your summertime, or your holiday breaks, what do you do with your eight-year-old then? That's what you just keep doing with unschooling. Sometimes if you can log stuff after the fact, the things that you noticed that they did, that can help keep that fear calm down a little bit. But it takes a little while um, to, to decide. You know, I think sometimes that fear inside us that we're gonna screw them up or their doors are gonna close, but, but like Missy's saying, this red flag that they're, they're really asking for you to hear them Be, you know, that's all really humans want is for somebody to hear them. And so if, if you can listen to her, then you might find less power
1: struggles. That is absolute truth, Sue. That, that's what happened with Zoe. I wasn't looking at her genius. but uh, uh, something, Robin, that um, I realized, is that I gave two and a half years of the wrong thing, all my intention and devotion, which was made my daughter miserable. So when I did start uh, de-schooling and into unschooling, and I was ready to give up uh, every other day, I just can't do this. And I thought back, you know, if I give two and a half years to something that don't work, I can at least give this some more time. And that's something that we don't, we don't, I didn't do. Uh, Well, that I didn't go in thinking I should do is give yourself time, you know, you know, if if give yourself time to something that could work. And I I just think that if more parents, it's like they want to see something immediate. That's not going to happen. You know, give it some time and you'll start seeing the benefits. And like Missy and what Sue was saying, listen to your child, observe them, what makes them light up, what makes them happy. And believe me, once you start listening to them and letting them be and, and being a facilitator and a supporter, it becomes easier. Sue, do you want to- okay,
4: i was just going to add that I have a couple PDFs if you want to. Um, message me on Instagram. I think that's the easiest way that connects her with Clubhouse. I can get those over to you, some links for those that might help.
0: Perfect. And Sue should have her Instagram link in her bio as well.
4: I, did yeah. you get a
0: chance to read the question? Did you want me to read it out? I'd send, I'd send the question. Did you want to add to
2: that as well? Yeah. Can you generate it for me? And, hey, everyone, I'm back. You're for back. Can you generate this for the <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. So,
0: um, this is a parent in the audience, and she is homeschooled. She has five kids. She's homeschooling three out of the five. Uh, and she understands she's struggling to accept that unschooling might be the best option for her but for her family, but she knows she needs to do a lot of serious de-schooling. She really enjoys the Waldorf method, uh, and her 12-year-old is with, with her on that, but her 8-year-old told her the other day that she does not want to do it, and her 8-year-old wants to do what she is interested in. And her eight-year-old already set up her own schedule, and at first, uh, this mom was cool with it, but the next morning, she said she woke up and was so scared that she just went back to going with her routine. Uh, She's having a hard time letting go because she needs things to be organized with three kids homeschooling out of five, but she's torn, and she doesn't know how to get out of it or where to start from. She says, I want to listen to her, but I don't know how because she's the kid that battles me the most.
2: Got it, that's crystal clear. So let me see if I can share this concisely. Um, Before I do, I definitely wanna add this footnote um, when I turned to unschooling and I looked at the the landscape, I saw some people that were missing. And if you're in one of those groups, one of those marginalized groups that are not usually represented in unschooling, I want you to know that I see you. Um, I just wanted to drop that footnote and then I'll I'll address um, this question at hand. So if you have a child that is disabled or neurodivergent, or if you are in the, the BIPOC community and you don't see a lot of yourself represented, we see you. And we are here, right? So I just wanted to put that out there before the room closes. Now, on to this topic. To anyone that is in the vacillation, welcome to the vacillation. It is real. The back and the forth. The between what doesn't work as you head towards what does work. And it's a very simple choice. It is simple. We think that it's not. We make it harder than it is. The simple choice is this. What isn't working? And this is part of what I lead in the genius conversation. What are you doing right now that is not working? Okay, you got that in your head? All right. More importantly, who are you being? Who is your child being? And by being, a weaker way of saying that is, how do you feel? But a stronger way of saying that is, who are you being? And so, for instance, you might might say, well... Um, I'm being frustrated or I'm being confused or I'm being stressed out um, or my kid is being um, exacerbated or frustrated or just, you know, disengaged. All right. That's the being that's not working. Then what's missing as a way of being or said another way in this particular scenario, who does your kid never get to be? Who do you never get to be? Now, you might say, well, I never get to be confident. Um, My kid never gets to be authentic. That's missing, like it's not present. And then ask yourself, what difference would it make if it were? What would be available to you if what you said was missing, not a thing to fix or change, not something else to do, but if that feeling that you want is missing, because that's the only reason anybody wants anything at all is because you believe you'll feel better when you have it. right? For me, what was missing for me was peace. I didn't have peace. My throat was tight all the time, right? And so there is something that is missing for you. And then think about what's at stake once you allow that to happen. And then the choice is simple. Do I want to remain frustrated, angry, confused, stressed? Do I want my kid to continue to be disengaged, check out, frustrated? Which leads us to what do we do when we're angry and frustrated? Then we argue. And then what do we have as a result of what we do based on who we are? Now we have a disjointed relationship. The choice is simple. You do know what you want. The only thing to do after that is to apply the distinction of de schooling or decolonizing parenting, where you de something, you walk away. That's what the prefix, have a little grammar, that's what the prefix de means, to come away from, back down from. And so when it is black and white like that, you don't wanna be angry. You don't wanna be frustrated. You want peace. You want harmony. You want joy. Those are the basic human tenets that we all want. All we're saying is allow yourself to create it. And you do that through the D anything. (laughs) Maybe it's your parenting. Maybe it's this, this idea of control that it has to be my way. I understand what the kid wants, but uh uh, I have to say what it's gonna be. Well, if it's not working, then the choice is yours. And so consider who are you being? Who is your child being that's not working? What's missing? How do you want to feel? How do you want to be? And then choose. In the face of it all, in the face of the uncertainty, in the face of the fear, still choose. And we're all here to hold your hand as you do it and consider what's at stake when you make that choice and the kind of life that you can have for your family.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you everyone. Um, that that is that that's a question that I think we could probably dive into for the next half an hour, but I also know we are going to be respectful of everyone's time and things like dinner and driver's license and um, all of the other things that's going on as well, too. But I would love to have everyone back for a part two. And we can just do, only in part two, just answer questions from the beginning, starting starting off um, and answer so many questions that came up to us as well. Thank you so much. Sue, yes?
4: <laughs> Good. Yeah, we're all kind of, we've got a lot to say. <laughs>
0: Yes, we all do. Yes, absolutely. And I I want to make sure it's all said and shared as well because uh, everybody brings so much to the conversation. Uh, I hope it, Bridget, um, has sent the message just, at, you can message all of us on the back chat as well. Again, you have support and community here as well. Uh, everyone that's joined us today and listening, you have support and community here. Please reach out to all of us. We all offer different forms of support and encouragement. The podcast, I've been trying to share up top the different episodes that everybody has been in. Tyra is soon to come on the, the podcast as well. I'll get to share her story up there too. Um, Go to Honey, I'm Homeschooling, the kids podcast. but Go to the greenhouse on the very top, Honey, I'm Homeschooling, and tap that house. Join the club. You'll be notified for all of our our rooms that run four times a week and rooms like these where we have discussions and dive into learning outside of the classroom. Thank you, everyone, and, um, yeah, have a great night. And we will see you on Thursday for our room at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. And then just keep watch when we're going to be back for part two as well. So, thank you, Tyra. Thank you, Karima. Thank you, you, Missy. Thank you, Sue. And thank you, Stacey. I know she had to head out. So,
2: oh, you're welcome. Always a good time.
0: Always.
4: Thanks for inviting me. Thank Thank
0: you for being here. Thanks, everyone. Thank
1: Thank you, guys. Bye bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Take care, everyone.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.